Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dale Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, Athletic Greens, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a broken record in saying this, and I say the exact same thing when it gets closer to the NFL draft. We are just under, well, I think it's 19 days now to be exact from the start of Chargers training camp 2023. And it's always around this time when it's like you're right in the close proximity of things that the days just seem longer. They go slower. And it's just, it's just a bummer, man, because it's like as close as it is, it still feels so damn far away. And I say that because the surrounding elements of all this, you turn on ESPN, there's barely any NFL football coverage, or it's the same damn thing about, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets or Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. 2013 Super Bowl highlights. Exactly. You turn on (laughs) NFL Network now, and it's, you know, a bunch of like old NFL honor shows and old Super Bowls that they're putting on just for replaying. And it's like, you're not quite back to football yet, but you're so damn close. I've, and I've, I've really hammered this home plenty of times since we've been doing this show. Anybody who says that we as a fan base do not need the NFL preseason, <laughs> we need it now. Anybody who says, you know, screw the preseason, let's just eliminate it. No, the hell with that. Football needs to come back and it needs to come back now. Yes, I feel like all of us are Bill Murray from the Groundhog Day, just waking up to the same thing over yep. and over and over again. But one of these days, I just have to get like the, the microphone and the, like the similar background and just start repeating that. Well, it's July 7th again. <laughs> yes. But Jake, the show does go on. Uh, very fun. And interesting and hopeful uh, discussion we have today. A fun topic as we're going to go over the wide receiving core for this 2023 Los Angeles Chargers team. How it's going to look, some of our predictions for this team, uh, changes that we might see, uh, some bold predictions maybe. We'll see. Uh, But Jake, before we get into what this wide receiving core and expectations are for it in 2023, let's pay the bills. Go over or under. So 9.9 was the yards per reception in 2022. I believe it was 11.3 was the yards per reception in 2021. 
So, so over this is, or yeah, under? This is average of the wide receiver group. Yep. Okay. All receivers, all receivers averaged 11.3 in 2021. So I'm going to use that as the benchmark. Okay. Over or under 11.3 yards per reception on average for this Chargers team in 2023. That's funny that you put those two years together because both of those years are with Joe Lombardi at the offensive coordinator helm. Uh, I would have to imagine and hope, much like the rest of us would be, that that average would definitely go up. Maybe not significantly, but that 11.3 number, yeah, I would assume that it's going to beat that with the the other jet stream that Kellen Moore likes to say that the Chargers are in with the downfield threat that the Chargers could be opening up the playbook a little bit more this year. I would have to assume that it's going to be it's going to beat that number. So not, yeah, and not, not to burst the Joe Lombardi daggers that are being thrown around everywhere, but just for reference, Jacob, this is kind of surprising. You know what? This was, this was enlightening and disappointing at the same time, because you can just kind of say like, okay, here's how we're going to turn, you know, <laughs> turn the rock over and move on. But when we talked about this two days ago, I was disgusted. You saw yep. it on my face. But at the same time, it's just like the, I think the Chargers made a, a great choice with the potential that they have <laughs> with their new offensive coordinator. Let's just keep it at that. But go on. Yes, sorry. But, no, no, it's okay. I will say the weird statistic here, anomaly, you mentioned that was all with Joe Lombardi. Uh, previously, 2020, Justin Herbert's rookie season, 11.0. So mm. more in the first year Joe Lombardi per reception interesting than previously, which you wouldn't have thought, but again, there's probably lots of receptions there for money backs and stuff that kind of brought that down. But still um, real quick, let's pay the bills. Want to just remind everybody that bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can bet from right from your very own home. All you have to do to get into the action is head on over to the website. That's betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use that promo code. Believe that's B-L-E-A-V to uh, receive to get your 50% uh, bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so wide receivers. There's lots of topics here. We can go and start a bunch of different ways. But let's just start with kind of the 5,000-foot view, if you will. Last year, we don't have to rehash all of this, but last year, the receiving core decimated by injury, didn't have much speed. There really wasn't much athleticism other than you had like the Mike Williams jump ball stuff. You had Keenan Allen being able to get open whenever he wants, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's like a savvy receiver more so than athletic. And you had DeAndre Carter, who I think still could have been used, utilized a little bit more, but still Jalen Guyton was out. Um, that's kind of it. It's kind of all she wrote <laughs> this year. You plug in a healthy Jalen Guyton. You now have both receivers healthy again. And Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you inject Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, Speed, athleticism, health, check, check, check as of right now. Then after that, I think there's a question about, is there anybody else that's going to be on this wide receiver core? So let's start there. Let's start there, Jake. We got the obvious five. 
Josh Palmer, which I did mention before, but Josh Palmer's in that group. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, that's four. Darius Davis, five. And you'd imagine Jalen Guyton would be six. But maybe that wide receiver six position is the one that's maybe up for grabs. Is that the six? Or do you think there's a chance that Guyton gets replaced? I mean, first of all, I say that there is definitely six wide receivers that are going to end up on this roster. I don't see how the Chargers could not do that, regardless of whether it's Jalen Guyton or it's somebody else. They haven't had six, six wide receivers on their 53-man roster since 2020. And in this circumstance, this is arguably them the most diverse and talented group that they have been able to put together. So I don't really see how you could devoid yourself of another weapon, whether that's Jalen Guyton or somebody else. Now, I do think that when it comes down to it, when you look at Jalen Guyton, obviously, is he still the fastest of those wide receiver group? Yes. Is he one of your best downfield threats? Sure. Was he? Yes. I don't know if he is anymore. Right. We'll, we'll obviously see because he's still rehabbing off the ACL injury. He did not get a chance to practice during OTAs and minicamp. Well, but, well I, I more mean, I more mean, he might be your third best downfield threat now, behind Quentin Johnson, behind Darius Davis. That's that's true. A year that's ago, true. he would have been number one for sure. That's true. Good point. Uh, I made a short a couple weeks ago, talking about Pokey Wilson getting plenty of playing time during OTAs and minicamp while Jalen Guyton is still rehabbing. I like a lot of what Pokey Wilson brings to this team now. Obviously, Jalen Guyton has the experience advantage, the speed advantage. There's a lot that Pokey Wilson is going to have to catch up on and prove a lot in training. Familiarity camp. with Justin Herbert. But one of the things that I think he's got an advantage over Jalen Guyton over is he is a guy that you can insert in multiple receiving spots. You can play him in the slot. You can play him out wide. You watch some of his highlights. Yes, he has some downfield burning moments, but I just really like what I have seen from him thus far. And in terms of Jalen Guyton goes, when you think about it, it's just like, okay, it's it's downfield. No although, question about although it. Although there were talks that that was getting improved and his route running was improving prior to his injury. Right. But that is what he's known for. Now, sure. to the point that you just made a second ago, Dan. Now, when you look at the Chargers bringing at, in Quentin Johnston, do you want somebody with more versatility in this wide receiver room? Or do you want a little bit more of the same to just say, okay, Justin Herbert, we're just going to go four wide and everybody's going to go deep and we're going to chuck this ball downfield. And so do you, do you risk taking away a, the speed factor of Jalen Guyton from a more possible versatile yet inexperienced wide receiver? Now, again, I don't see them keeping seven. Do I think that uh, Pokey Wilson is a definite practice squad candidate. Sure. Based on early indications. Again, Agreed. all time will tell over the course of July and August, but it's an interesting conversation to have given the fact that Jalen Guyton as of right now is still rehabbing and we have not seen him back on the field since. So it's a very, that's an early watch point for training camp. One of the storylines to watch is do the chargers keep six? Yes. I think that that there's no argument there. But they, they better. Who's gonna get the sixth spot? Would be the interesting question. You know, it's it's an interesting thought because on one hand, you know, he does bring versatility in Pokey Wilson. The speed is definitely 
slower. We're talking about like a four six guy versus yes. a four three something in Jalen Guyton, at least when healthy. Do the Chargers? I guess the the way I would answer that is looking at the wide receiver roster and kind of what has plagued them. Versatility really hasn't plagued this team in terms of like what's been missing on this wide receiving core. Like they have been missing dynamic speed. Those are the two things. And you think versatility, you think, you know, Keenan Allen, obviously you think Josh Palmer, definitely. I think, I think you now add Quentin Johnston to that. I think Darius Davis could probably be put into that category. In my opinion, there is no way in hell I'm giving this Chargers team the opportunity to lose speed when that was a thing that was their biggest weakness for years on this wide receiving core. So if it's me, while Pokey Wilson is enticing, and while he has been seen kind of balling out at training camp, think about the reps that the quote-unquote versatile wide receivers would be getting. He would be arguably like fifth best versatile weapon. But Jalen Guyton, third? Third fastest, would you say? And if one of those guys goes down ahead of him, you're looking at a top two speed threat on this team. So I think it's got to be Guyton. Again, this is all based on the assumption that he's healthy. But if it's me, while Pokey Wilson is enticing and while he's kind of the, you know, early favorite for offensive darling for training camp, I think if you kind of extrapolate out a little bit, I just don't think it's worth the risk of not having speed if slash when something goes wrong and someone goes down. Um, so then that leads me to the kind of the next question in terms of like, and I don't really like wide receiver one, two, three, whatever, but in terms of like what this starting wide receiving core is going to look like in totality, I think we all know one and two, at least for the start of the season, Michael Williams, Keenan Allen interchange them, whatever. Uh, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, I think is kind of the next one in that which one of those is going to be wide receiver three. And I think that's kind of the cutoff of like, all right, who are the three starting wide receivers? And given draft capital (laughs) that was just spent on Quentin Johnston, it should surprise nobody if slash when Quentin Johnston becomes your third leading target on this wide receiving core. Like that is not news. I think there's a recent episode or a recent podcast where he said like he won a starting job, quote unquote. Like in my eyes, when I heard that immediately, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's wide receiver three. No duh. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but is there a chance that he's not wide receiver three, Jake, before the start of the season? Or by the time week one comes, I should say. Again, this is this is another player who has reaped the benefits of getting additional snaps in training camp because Joshua Palmer also was not out there. So he got a lot of playing time. And again, you look at a guy that has the athletic traits of Quentin Johnston. And you're like, you want to go back to the days of when it was Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams on the outside and Keenan Allen was manning the slot all day. You want to get back to a downfield production with two big guys uh, as wide receivers in in that regard for this offense, so I I don't see how he how he becomes it. It it may be something that you have to say like okay that he will finish statistically 
as wide receiver three. Joshua, yes. Joshua Palmer obviously has, has had more time in this offense. I thought he had a great year last year. It's still a damn shame for the fact that him, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams have so little snaps together. Really. 72 receptions, 769 yards, three touchdowns for Josh Palmer. Yeah. So I thought when he needed to step up, I thought he did. I thought he had an admirable season, all things considered, between Justin Herbert's injury and the lack thereof of weapons on this offense last year. But I, I think that he has enough rapport built right now with Justin Herbert that, that still gives him that advantage. And all indications, obviously, are that he's going to hit the ground running come training camp. So I, I think it's a little bit of a twofer. I don't think that you're just going to hand this job to Quentin Johnston. But obviously, early indications are when it comes to an athletic <laughs> athletic freak that Quentin Johnston is. And as you mentioned, Dan, the draft capital investment that the Chargers put that in, that's all part of this picture. Now, Josh, Joshua Palmer, I felt, is kind of like the a little bit of the forgotten man in this conversation just because, again, we haven't seen him during minicamp and OTAs. And obviously, this is a, another big-time wide receiver in Quentin Johnson that is coming to add to this group, but essentially, it's going to take some snaps away from Joshua Palmer that you would think throughout the duration of this season. So I'm still really interested to see the growth and development of Joshua Palmer on this team because now if you just cut it off there and you said, hell, even if Quentin Johnson wasn't part of this picture, and you said a trio of Keenan Allen when he's healthy, Mike Williams when he's healthy, and Joshua Palmer on the field, especially after what Joshua Palmer did last year and his continued growth that we saw from him between years one and two, I like that trio just in general. Now you add Quentin Johnson to the mix, and just to say like, okay, one, two, three, four, that's a nice group. You really got to be excited about that. The the problem with the first three that you mentioned, like with Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, is you don't have a speed threat. That, that is correct. That is one thing that lacks. Yes. So, it, and as you were kind of talking about this, I think it's interesting. I put my Tom Telesco hat on for a second, and I think about kind of two years out, 2024, 2025, those two years. In theory, let's say Josh Palmer balls out. And for context, like last year, Keenan Allen only started 10 games. Josh Palmer was pretty dang productive. If you kind of look at the splits or look look at the comparison of those two receivers, Keenan Allen, 11.4 yards per reception. Josh Palmer, 10.7. Like a small drop-off, but not much. Keenan Allen had 750 reception, or excuse me, 750 yards. Josh Palmer, 769. Though obviously that's on... Roughly the same, they were six receptions away from each other in terms of total. So Keenan Allen, 66 receptions, Josh Palmer, 72. So you look at those two, pair those two together, and you look at Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston, while they're not the same player, like I think you can kind of pair those two player types, if you will, kind of the outside. I think Quentin Johnston may be a little more versatile. Fast forward to next year. You could argue the Chargers could go one of two directions. They could keep Keenan Allen and let go of Mike Williams because they've got Quentin Johnston. They could keep Mike Williams, let go of Keenan Allen because they've got Josh Palmer. Or if they want to get real crazy, they can release both and save like literally $60 million in cap space by having Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, 
Jalen Guyton, Darius Davis on your team. Like, and that by itself isn't bad. So you can kind of see what they're doing here. Now, will they let both of those two big names go next year? I don't know. That's going to be tough to swallow. Doubtful. I don't think so. Doubtful. But One, two years out. Not both. But two years out, you can see the path to that. Um, Josh Palmer, I I think he will. I think he's actually going to benefit a ton from Quentin Johnston being on this team. And I think that's going to help this core kind of Heavy the load, if you will, barring injuries. I was going to say, elaborate on that for me, because you think just off of you saying benefit, I, I'm interested to hear in in what way, because Quentin Johnson obviously is going to take snaps away from Joshua Palmer. So in, yeah. in what way do you believe that he's going to benefit from this? I, th- I think there'll be many times where you'll see Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer on the field together. And I think Quentin Johnson will open up the field for Josh Palmer. I think you could see Quentin Johnson streak out to the corners, out to the boundaries, up top, and Josh Palmer is going to be sitting there in the middle of the field like a Keen Allen would sure. all day long. I also hope that the Chargers are able to utilize this. What's the, what's, I know there's trio for three. I don't know, what's four? Quattro? Quad. 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 There you go. Wow, that's a brain fart. Good Lord. <laughs> um, where they can rotate, similar to what you see defenses do with a defensive line. I hope the Chargers can use this quad and rotate to where you can have different matchups and you don't have to worry as much about injuries if you can cycle them through. They can stay fresh. You don't have to worry about kind of getting too much tread of the tires, which can cause injury. Now, I also don't see a world in which Josh Palmer has more receptions, again, barring health, than Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston, to me, is a surefire wide receiver three upside wide receiver too, depending on how this thing goes in terms of volume is what I'm looking at. Uh, So then with that, I guess the next kind of question or next trickle down is what should we expect from a production standpoint? And again, we talked about like the year over year, 2021, 2022, all the injuries and all that kind of stuff aside, 5,000 plus yards total from the wide receiving core in 2021, 4,700 and change last year. Sure. Do you expect the 5,000 number to go up? Or do you expect the 5,000 number to look different? Or both? I mean, it is. I I, I guess maybe I would expect it to look different. Because the Chargers, despite everything that took place with, I guess you could say that just their makeshift offense with everything as far as injuries goes, Dan, you know about this? That they had 500 receiving yards and three touchdowns, but six players, six wide receivers on this team. Or I just want to say, excuse me, six players on this team had 500 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Last four year. of those, yeah, four of those were Allen, Carter, Palmer, and Williams. But still, that is actually the most players to do that on the same team in a single season in NFL history to have 500 yards and three touchdowns between six players which is wild when you consider everything that took place. So I would expect that 5,000 to look different that you have Keenan Allen with a higher receiving yard number, Mike Williams with a higher receiving yard number. Obviously, Quentin Johnson will get his NFL stats going finally. Joshua Palmer still, even for what he had last year, Dan, he had had over 70 catches last year. 
That's what I really like about what Joshua Palmer did, even though however you want to extrapolate what that means to this team. I think I think his I think a lot of the receptions are not, they're not going to go away. But last year, you look at the 107 receptions for Austin Eckler last year. I don't think that's really healthy for this offense. I don't think that's efficient for this offense. Like to score quickly. I, I would I wouldn't be pissed at all if you see that number going down to like 70. Take away 40 of those and give them to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quinn Johnston, Darius David. Like, please. If it means that all those receptions are coming in the red zone, then we're good. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look, I'll take that. Because you look he, at yards per reception. He's at 6.7 yards per reception with that haul, right? Which is kind of obvious being out of the backfield. But then you look at those other receivers. Josh Palmer, 10.7, three yards more. Keenan Allen, 11.4. That's almost four yards more. Mike Williams, eight yards more at 14.2. Gerald Everett, more, 9.6. John Dre Carter, 11.7. Hell, Joshua Kelly had more yards per reception than Austin Eckler. So give me those, take away 40 of them, and you can, what, almost double the production? That's, I think, where you're going to see this number change. And I think it's going to go up, actually. I think it's going to look different and go up. Because let's just say the yak continues with the Quentin Johnston. We've all seen that chart of him just like breaking that, breaking the scale, if you will, of yards after the catch last year in college. If that number continues and his yards per reception continues to be on par with what we saw in college, 5,000 should be easy. I like it, Dan. It's again, you put all these together like this, and I really like how you just kind of said, you know, take 40 yard, 40 receptions away from here. And where else could you have extrapolated that on the field? Obviously better receiving weapons. Yes. <laughs> Under the circumstances of last year, that wasn't the, that wasn't the case. But if you were just to think about it, that's, that's one wide receivers full season, essentially, if you could possibly do that and how much more productive could you be in that circumstance? So I really like that idea. And I agree with it personally, as far as what Kellen Moore is going to insert into this offense. I told you when we were talking about this in the comparison earlier this week, I'd like to get this offense to, I think a fair comparison would be to what Dallas was in 2021 with the type of distribution that Kellen Moore had Dak Prescott going to receivers mm-hmm. like CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz. And all of these guys had between six and eight touchdowns that year. You come through with that type of distribution between four guys, specifically wide, specifically receiving weapons, whether it's wide receiver or tight ends, that's going to be much better for getting this team downfield and ultimately scoring points in the end zone. Yeah, so I guess let's kind of talk about expectations. Um, let's kind of go into some production and some predictions here. Um, so we talked about like getting Austin Eckler back down to like the 70, 70 reception range. So what should we expect from production from these receivers? So let's just let's kind of start. Let's go one by one. Uh, Keenan Allen, what would you expect? I'll should, want me to give you my list first, or do you want to go first? Oh, go ahead. All right. So I kind of did some quick back of the napkin math here, uh, and I gave some of my what I would hope to see and what I would think would be a healthy way for this Chargers receiving core from a production standpoint. Now, we all want to see Keenan Allen eat all season and have, you know, 1,400 yards and 110 receptions. 
I don't think that's necessarily best for this Chargers team. It's also and, unrealistic. In all, in all fairness, <laughs> that Raider game in week one last year, though, he was well on his way <laughs> to sure. doing sure. right before he got hurt. He was well on his way. Sure. Um, but in my eyes, I would like to see something like this. If we can get Keenan Allen to get somewhere around 90-ish receptions, somewhere around 1,100 yards or so, and then Mike Williams in a 70 reception range, 1,000-yard area, you know, get somewhere in like the 21, 2,200 yards between those two. Slot in Quentin Johnson underneath that, 55 receptions-ish, 700 yards. So you're definitely going to be getting some increase in yards per reception there. You got Josh Palmer slotted underneath that 40 receptions, 500 yards. Guyton, 25 receptions. Darius Davis, 20 receptions for maybe 350, 400 yards. Obviously, Eckler is going to be taking 70. I'd put 70 here for like 600 yards. Balance. I think that's how this team wins on offense. And I think that's how you saw with Dallas and Kellen Moore previously. They have so many weapons and they can beat you so many different ways. I want to see this Chargers team not have to rely on Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to bail them out of the time because they have so many guys. I haven't even talked about like Gerald Everett and I've talked about the other running backs. I've talked about Donald Parham. But the receiving core, at least for 2023, again, I'm not talking about next year when one of these receivers is probably gone. But balance, I think, is how you're going to see this wide receiving core succeed. And Justin Herbert, knowing how he throws and how he plays no favorites, I can kind of see that happening. Like, what I don't want to see is one receiver that has, like, 40 receptions more than the rest. I don't think that's healthy for this team. And nor do I think it's required. And you're do you see a balance? Like, I mean, I... I... I was talking about last year, just as far as the overall scheme in general for Justin Herbert, I felt like it was going to be a little bit more balanced. Obviously that didn't end up being the case with the injuries that happened, but yeah, this is wild. When you just look at <laughs> Keenan Allen still recorded more receptions than Mike Williams did last year. And Keenan was out forever, basically almost like a half of the season. He and the difference three last be- games, <laughs> the difference between them was only what? Two roughly 250 yards, just about, which is, crazy to me in that circumstance. That's how much that's, that still just shows you how valuable Keenan is, Keenan Allen is to this team and the rapport that he's built with Justin Herbert. 150, 150 year difference. Thank you. But I'm with you on this because if the receiving if the receptions essentially drop in a circumstance that also could mean that the running game is being more productive, which I'm all for and we all know that that needs to improve dramatically. <laughs> But I think if you're if you're talking a more like ROI or value per reception to say like okay, if the receiving receptions are going to go down, what's the yardage look like? What's the touchdowns look like? Is that going to be the difference here? If it's going to look more balanced in that circumstance, which I'm I'm with you. I don't want to see a lot of these third and twelve, third and fifteens that Justin Herbert has to bail someone out while he's looking at Keenan Allen, even in triple coverage. I don't like seeing that all the time. Somebody else needs to step up in this circumstance. Better plays need to be called on first and second down in order to make that down and distance a hell of a lot shorter. Dan, you've said this plenty of times. Keenan Allen doesn't really give a crap how many plays it takes to get to the end zone if it takes one or ten. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore. Excuse me. Who did I say? 
Keenan Allen. Excuse me, Kellen Moore. Uh, yeah, he doesn't care if it's one or ten. Either way, he just wants to score, and that's what works for this offense. So, I'm. I guess I would kind of be in the same area that you were. You know, I, again, I'm not. You cannot ask me to do projections this early in the season. I already hate doing game it's projections. July. Yeah, it's our. I already hate doing game projections on a week to week basis when they're in the regular season. So. God help me, I am not about to start doing this for the, in the offseason and try to predict people's reception totals here. But I do like your general idea as far as what would be a healthy range of where each person should be with this wide receiver talent that you have now. Become a distribution machine. Like, make defenses have to cover you everywhere. And in doing so, that's going to leave single coverage, which is... a Give the advantage to the Chargers in that circumstance if you're going to single cover Keenan Allen or Mike Williams on a jump ball or certain other players that may be downfield. Distribute it to where we're just pigeonholing here. We're just talking about the wide receivers. We are, as Dan said, we're not talking about the tight ends or the running backs. So if you can become a distribution machine and not give a damn who the hell it is you're throwing to as long as it's ultimately going to turn into yardage or points, then yes, give me balance. Chargers were, let's get into some quick uh, predictions here. We'll kind of go rapid fire over under. Okay. Uh, Chargers last two seasons, both 2021 and 2022, they ranked third in passing yards per game. Last season, 268.7 yards per game. Third, only behind the Bucks and the Chiefs. So 260, let's go 269. 2023 over under. 269. 269 passing yards per game. Mm. I'm going to say over, but not by much, not by an extravagant amount, but just for this, this exercise here, 269, I'll say they'll go over it, but it won't be like a dramatic jump. I'm going to go over, and I will say it's going to be dramatic. I'm going to say it's going to be up into the high 280s is going to be my guess. Uh, Let's go over under completion percentage. Chargers ranked third in 2022. 67 and change percent completion percentage. Again, you're looking at a lot of dumps off to Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. Over under completion percentage, 67.6. I think it goes down. Not that it's a bad thing because you're passing it to players that are not. I was, well, I was the quarterback. Yes, I was going to ask, and that's <laughs> where my brain was going too. If we were if we're talking downfield passes here, much more of a higher chance of an incompletion. Probably again, not that that's a bad thing for Justin Herbert if those numbers go down because it's still a you know pretty decent, healthy uh, completion percentage. But under the circumstances of where you're getting it from. Sure, everybody's stats can be inflated in that circumstance. So, yeah, because I'm gonna, we're we're probably gonna see more of a downfield attack with Kellen Moore. I'll say those numbers go down. Okay, last one. Uh, this is probably a gimme. Let's just have some fun here, Jake. Uh, the Chargers last year yards per pass attempt six point seven yards per pass attempt. You know, you'd love to see them ranked up there at the top, but no, they're not. They're 23rd at 6.7 yards per attempt. Per pass attempt, excuse me. 2023. (laughs) Over or under 6.7 yards per pass attempt. 
and just say, you better go over. <laughs> you better go over. There is no excuse for a quarterback like Justin Herbert with these weapons. Now, how far, how far over? How far are we going to go? So just to give you context, last year, the top five teams were 7.8 to 8.0 yards per pass attempt. Okay. And those teams being? The Niners, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Saints. All of them had 7.8 or higher yards per pass attempt, the highest being San Francisco and Philadelphia at 8 and 7.9, respectively. So 6.7 was the Chargers. 8.0 was number one last year. And just for reference, 8.5 was number one a year prior. Where do you see them slotting in? I mean, Herbert shouldn't be outside the top 10 in this category in reality. So top 10 would get them at the 7.3-ish range. Yeah, I mean, I obviously would love to be top five, but I'm trying to give it just a little bit of breathing room here and keep my, you know, temper my expectations a little bit to be somewhat realistic. So top 10, instead of being 23rd, top 10. Sure, give me top 10 with Justin Herbert at least. Yep, and interestingly enough, let's see what Dallas was last year. Dallas was, why can't I find them? Dallas was 15th, by the way, 7.1. So they were... They were like literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams tied at 7.1. So number like, for example, number 10 was 7.1. And so was number 16 at 7.1. So all those teams at 7.1. So Dallas was a fringe top 10 last year. Improvement. So anything else, anything specifically we wanted to talk about this wide receiving core in terms of production predictions, kind of what the landscape's going to look like, what we see this year moving forward. Did I miss anything? I don't think that you missed anything, Dan. I think that, uh, I think just your term on balance is something that we should really pay attention to heading into training camp. Obviously, there's only one football, and not everybody can get it on every single snap. But I think if, and this is where you see coaches like the Andy Reeds of the world. And in the example, and I'm not trying to, say that this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. It's just installing a system to where it really doesn't matter who the hell you have out there. So for the Chiefs, outside of Kadarius Toney, outside of Travis Kelsey with Tyree Kill not being in there, there were still plenty of dudes that were able to step up for them in crucial situations. Can you become a distributor like that with this group of weapons? And this is just the wide receivers. I would like to see it throughout the entirety of the offense. But can you become, can you mold Justin Herbert into this quarterback to where he doesn't have to look at his best wide receiver on every single down and force a ball to him on a third and long? Even as reliable as a player like Keenan Allen is, give it an opportunity for some of these other players to step up make plays and make this offense more versatile, more dynamic and harder for defenses to go against. We talked about groundhog day. Every day is going to be like Christmas for Justin Herbert. Okay. When you have a receiving core like this, we've talked about it before. This is by far the best talent that he has had surrounding him since he's been in the NFL and say what you will about wanting their more being desired for the tight end group. Gerald Everett is still a damn good tight end and Donald Parham. His ceiling is a damn good tight end too. Austin Eckler, top five running back, in my opinion. Top one, you were talking about overall out of the backfield running back, in my opinion. Wide receiving core, I think, is easily top five in total. Justin Herbert, easily top five. Offensive line, I'd give it top five. 
maybe top 10 if we're being generous. I would or, say top I would say top 10. Top yeah. I would say top I would fringe I'd say top 5 to 10 to be realistic in that range. There is no reason outside of injury that this offense does not feast. It should feast. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And it should feast in the times that it must. I'm talking second half. This offense should feast. End of the first half. This offense should feast. Red zone. This offense should feast. All of that because of a one Kellen Moore at the helm. So exciting times for Chargers. Lots of things are different. Lots of things are the same. But the things that are making it different are at the top. Justin Herbert is healthy. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are now healthy. Kellen Moore infused. Quentin Johnston brought in. That's big. That's big. So uh, that's going to do it for us as we get into the weekend. Dog days are almost over. We got about two weeks left ish. And then after that, it's training camp week, baby. We are so pumped for that. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends of Chargers and Leash Nation before we head out of here for the weekend? Sick of Groundhog Day. Just bring me to July 26th. This is like Green Day. Wake me up when July ends, right? <laughs> That's basically where we're at. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Guys, gals, children of all ages, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.